Welcome to the Daily Devotions Podcast from Confident Faith. I am Corey J. Mahler, a contributor here at Confident Faith, and I will be your reader today, this fifth Tuesday after Epiphany, the 6th of February, in the year of our Lord, 2024, in the time of Christmas. There are no feasts, festivals, or commemorations on the calendar today. Our readings for today are Psalm 77, Psalm 74, Job chapter 3, verses 11 through 26, John chapter 1, verses 35 through 51, and paragraphs 11 through 24 of Article 2 of Part 2 of the Small Called Articles. We will close, as always, with the Lord's Prayer. Today's first reading from the Psalter is the 77th Psalm. I cry aloud to God, aloud to God, and He will hear me. In the day of my trouble I seek the Lord. In the night my hand is stretched out without wearying. My soul refuses to be comforted. When I remember God, I moan. When I meditate, my spirit faints. You hold my eyelids open. I am so troubled that I cannot speak. I consider the days of old, the years long ago. I said, Let me remember my song in the night. Let me meditate in my heart. Then my spirit made a diligent search. Will the Lord spurn forever, and never again be favorable? Has his steadfast love forever ceased? Are his promises at an end for all time? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in anger shut up his compassion? Then I said, I will appeal to this, to the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. Your way, O God, is holy. What God is great like our God? You are the God who works wonders. You have made known your might among the peoples. You with your arm redeemed your people, the children of Jacob and Joseph. When the waters saw you, O God, when the waters saw you, they were afraid. Indeed, the deep trembled. The clouds poured out water. The skies gave forth thunder. Your arrows flashed on every side. The crash of your thunder was in the whirlwind. Your lightnings lighted up the world. The earth shook and trembled. Your way was through the sea, your path through the great waters. Yet your footprints were unseen. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forevermore. Amen. Today's second reading from the Psalter is the 74th Psalm. O God, why do you cast us off forever? Why does your anger smoke against the sheep of your pasture? Remember your congregation, which you have purchased of old, which you have redeemed to be the tribe of your heritage. Remember Mount Zion, where you have dwelt. Direct your steps to the perpetual ruins. The enemy has destroyed everything in the sanctuary. Your foes have roared in the midst of your meeting place. They set up their own signs for signs. They were like those who swing axes in a forest of trees, and all its carved wood they broke down with hatchets and hammers. They set your sanctuary on fire. They profaned the dwelling place of your name. 
bringing it down to the ground. They said to themselves, We will utterly subdue them. They burned all the meeting places of God in the land. We do not see our signs. There is no longer any prophet, and there is none among us who knows how long. How long, O God, is the foe to scoff, is the enemy to revile your name forever? Why do you hold back your hand, your right hand? Take it from the fold of your garment and destroy them. Yet God, my King, is from of old, working salvation in the midst of the earth. You divided the sea by your might. You broke the heads of the sea monsters on the waters. You crushed the heads of Leviathan. You gave him his food for the creatures of the wilderness. You split open springs and brooks. You dried up ever-flowing streams. Yours is the day, yours also the night. You have established the heavenly lights in the sun. You have fixed all the boundaries of the earth. You have made summer and winter. Remember this, O Lord, how the enemy scoffs, and a foolish people reviles your name. Do not deliver the soul of your dove to the wild beasts. Do not forget the life of your poor forever. Have regard for the covenant, for the dark places of the land are full of the habitations of violence. Let not the downtrodden turn back in shame. Let the poor and needy praise your name. Arise, O God, defend your cause. Remember how the foolish scoff at you all the day. Do not forget the clamor of your foes, the uproar of those who rise against you, which goes up continually. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forevermore. Amen. Today's Old Testament reading comes from the book of Job, and we will be reading the third chapter, verses 11 through 26. Why did I not die at birth, come out of the womb and expire? Why did the knees receive me, or why the breasts that I should nurse? For then I would have lain down and been quiet, I would have slept, then I would have been at rest, with kings and counselors of the earth, who rebuilt ruins for themselves, or with princes who had gold, who filled their houses with silver? Or why was I not as a hidden, stillborn child, as infants who never see the light? There the wicked cease from troubling, and there the weary are at rest. There the prisoners are at ease together. They hear not the voice of the taskmaster. The small and the great are there, and the slave is free from his master. Why is light given to him who is in misery, and life to the bitter in soul? who long for death but it comes not, and dig for it more than for hidden treasures, who rejoice exceedingly and are glad when they find the grave. Why is light given to a man whose way is hidden, whom God has hedged in? For my sighing comes instead of my bread, and my groanings are poured out like water. For the thing that I fear comes upon me, and what I dread befalls me. I am not at ease, nor am I quiet. I have no rest, but trouble comes. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today's New Testament reading comes from the book of John, and we will be reading the first chapter, verses 35 through 51. The next day again John was standing with two of his disciples, and he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold the Lamb of God. 
The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, Where are you staying? He said to them, Come, and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. The next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened, and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today's reading from the Book of Concord comes from the Small Cult Articles, and we will be reading Part 2, Article 2, Paragraphs 11 through 24. In addition to all this, this dragon's tail, that is, the mass, has begotten many vermin and a multitude of idolatries. First, purgatory. They carried their trade into purgatory by selling masses for the souls of the dead. They started vigils, weekly, monthly, and yearly celebrations of funeral anniversaries, special services for the common week and All Souls Day, and soul baths. So the Mass is used almost solely for the dead, although Christ has instituted the sacrament solely for the living. Therefore, purgatory, along with every service, rite, and commerce connected with it, should be regarded as nothing more than the devil's ghost. For it conflicts with the chief article, only Christ, and not human works, are to help souls. Besides, God has commanded or assigned us nothing about the dead. Therefore, all this may be safely left out, even if it were not an error in idolatry. The papists quote Augustine and some of the church fathers, who are said to have written about purgatory. They think we do not understand why they spoke as they did. St. Augustine does not write that there is a purgatory nor does he have evidence from Scripture as a basis. Rather, he leaves it in doubt whether purgatory exists. He does say that his mother asked to be remembered at the altar or sacrament. This is nothing but human devotion, indeed of individuals, and does not establish an article of faith, which is God's privilege alone. Our papists, though, cite such human opinions so people will believe in their horrible, blasphemous, and cursed traffic in masses for souls in purgatory but they will never prove these things from Augustine. 
Once they have abolished the traffic in masses for purgatory, which Augustine never dreamed of, then we can discuss whether to accept what Augustine said beyond Scripture and whether the dead should be remembered at the Eucharist. It will not do to frame articles of faith from the works or words of the Holy Fathers. Otherwise, their kind of food, clothing, houses, and such would have to become an article of faith, as was done with relics. The true rule is this, God's word shall establish articles of faith, and no one else, not even an angel, can do so. Second, following these things, evil spirits have produced many wicked tricks by appearing as the souls of the departed, and with unspeakable lies and tricks demanded masses, vigils, pilgrimages, and other alms. All of this we were expected to receive as articles of faith and to live accordingly. The Pope confirmed these things, as he did the Mass and all other abominations. Here, too, there must be no yielding or surrendering. Third, pilgrimages. Here, too, the forgiveness of sins and God's grace were sought, for the Mass controlled everything. Pilgrimages, without God's word, have not been commanded, nor are they necessary, since the soul can be cared for in a better way. These pilgrimages can be abandoned without any sin and danger. So why do they leave behind their own callings, their parishes, their pastors, God's word, their wives, their children, and such? These are ordained and commanded. Instead, they run after these unnecessary, uncertain, dangerous illusions of the devil. Perhaps the devil had been writing the Pope, causing him to praise and establish these practices. By them, the people again and again revolted from Christ to their own works, and, worst of all, became idolaters. Furthermore, pilgrimages are neither necessary nor commanded, but are senseless, doubtful, and harmful. On this, too, there can be no yielding or surrendering. Let it be preached that pilgrimages are not necessary, but dangerous, and then see what will happen to them. Fourth, monastic societies. Monasteries, foundations, and representatives have assigned and transferred, by illegal contract and sale, all masses, good works, and such, both for the living and the dead. This is nothing but a human trick, without God's word, and entirely unnecessary, and not commanded. It is also contrary to the chief article on redemption. Therefore, it cannot in any way be tolerated. Fifth, relics. So many falsehoods and such foolishness are found in the bones of dogs and horses that even the devil has laughed at such swindles. Relics should have been condemned long ago, even if there were some good in them, and all the more because they are without God's word. Since they are neither commanded nor counseled, relics are entirely unnecessary and useless. Worst of all, these relics have been imagined to cause indulgence and the forgiveness of sins. People have revered them as a good work and service of God, like the Mass and other such practices. Sixth, here belong the precious indulgences granted, but only for money, both to the living and the dead. By indulgences, the miserable Judas, or Pope, has sold Christ's merit, along with the extra merits of the saints, of the entire church, and such things. All these things are unbearable. They are not only without God's word, are unnecessary and not commanded, but are against the chief article. For Christ's merit is obtained not by our works or pennies, but from grace through faith, without money and merit. It is offered not through the Pope's power, but through the preaching of God's word. This concludes our reading from the Book of Concord.
I now invite all of you to join me in reciting the Lord's Prayer, one of the most ancient prayers of the Church. I do encourage you to say it aloud if you are somewhere it would be reasonable to do so, but praying it silently is, of course, also fine. The Lord knows what is in your heart. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Go in peace and grace to serve our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, in whatever calling has been given you, or task set before you. Until tomorrow, God be with you.